I can't talk right now. I'm doing hot girl stuff. <laughs> Please keep that. Kettle Call Podcast. Got a great new guest. Alex Tucker is with me right now. Alex, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Isaac. Alex, how do you feel now that you're on a podcast? Um, I feel like I've made it in my life, yeah. especially to be on Cattle Call Podcast. Oh, man. Because I want you to remember me when you're famous and you're a big deal. Oh, man. We'll see. I don't know when that day is coming. but It'll come one day. You're going to be like beating Joe Rogan. You think so? I think so. Wow, that is bold. For your first 30 seconds on a podcast, <laughs> you're making some statements. I manifest things. Yeah. So I'm manifesting it. <laughs> well, a couple years from now, if it comes to fruition, I'll come to you and say, hey, you, you called it. You came in at ground level. You want to work for me? I do, actually. I was going to say I could be your manager. The manager when we have the headquarters in New York? I'll like coordinate you, schedule, make sure you are like on all the interviews really yeah okay uh is that what you do now for a living a little bit i'm a program specialist so planning events and just coordinating schedules is kind of a good bit Mm. of what i'm doing um it definitely looks different since Uh covid so we're my job at girl scouts you're a girl scout yes i'm a girl scout an official one Uh um planning events and programs for girls Mm -hmm. so it's looked quite different because, yeah, COVID yeah. has taken away like all of our in-person meetings. So have definitely had to find alternatives to do mm-hmm. virtual events. Virtual so. events. Yeah. Man. And how long have you been at Girl Scouts? Um, Just a little over a year. November, I celebrated one year at being at Girl Scouts. Wow. And then a cor- I started at the beginning of November and then we went into quarantine in the beginning of March. So I was only oh, yeah. in office for like three or four months. So I've spent Man. the majority of my time at Girl Scouts working from home in a Man. pandemic. Okay. Are you enjoying it though? Like even though you're working at home, doing it all virtually? You know, it has its ups and downs. Overall, I am enjoying it. Yeah. But I have a very hard time sitting still and just staying focused. Yeah. So I have roommates, we have pets, mm-hmm. working from the middle of the living room every day. It's a little hard to grind things out because you're like, oh, I want to talk or, oh, I want to snack. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And you can just put on a movie if you wanted to. You knew you could. You're like, you have the access to do it. I have the access, but doesn't mean I'm doing it. Yeah. If any of my supervisors at Girl Scouts hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Don't tell anyone. I'm, I'm constantly at my desk. I'm not, I'm not watching. I was not watching Hocus Pocus every yeah. day for the past month in October. Good. I think there's a statute of limitations on it too. So you can talk about it now that it's February. <laughs> Um, okay, so you're at Girl Scouts. Okay, let's talk about where you're from. Alex, where are you from? Okay, so I was born in Indonesia, but I grew up in a small town in America in Lexington, Tennessee. Lexington, Tennessee. And now, for people that don't know where that is, where is Lexington, Tennessee? It's in West Tennessee. Um, it's somewhere between Memphis and Nashville. I'm the worst at directions. I can uh-huh. tell you... 
if you leave Memphis, you're going to pass Jackson, Tennessee. Like if you're on your way to Nashville, you're going to pass mm-hmm. the exit to Lexington if you blinked. Oh, yeah. Just a nice quick exit. <laughs> I'm the worst at explaining directions. Yeah. That's... I'm like you just go that way and you pass that thing mm-hmm. to get to that place. You know? You go, okay, we'll just go ahead and Google it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for your help, Alex. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, we live in 2021. Mm-hmm. You can use a this GPS. Is this is very true. If you are not using technology, that's on you. You yeah. chose to be, you chose to live that life and to get lost. Dude, yeah. And if you aren't, odds are you're not listening to this podcast. So it's like, you can talk about those people. We'll never find out. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So you're born in Indonesia. Yes. You're licensed in Tennessee. Let's talk about your family. So you're half Indonesian. I'm half Indonesian. My mom is full Indonesian. My dad was full American, mm-hmm. Caucasian. Yeah. Um, they met in Indonesia. My dad was there working and then eventually moved my mom and all of us to the States to be closer to his family and to go to school because I'm the second um, child Mm. out of three. So I'm the middle kid, got an older sister, Morgan, and a younger brother, Matthew, which I'm sure you, I mean, we're close, you know, Morgan. Morgan's actually right in the other room. (laughs) Hey, Morgan. (laughs) <laughs> and Morgan will be on the podcast next. She will. Yeah, cool. And then you have a brother, Matthew. And yes. now what is Matthew up to? So I feel like I might be the most boring out of the siblings. Uh-oh. I, That's I, not a good story. I conform to society. <laughs> After college, got an eight to five. Uh, while both my siblings are around traveling the world, living their fullest life, seeing all the places. Uh-huh. Um, bro- my brother joined the military um, out, of after, out of high school mm-hmm. he's in the army he drives a tank i'm the worst sister because i cannot tell you the technical terms of what he is mm-hmm. i just know he can blow stuff up with a tank wow <laughs> and that's he, cool yeah and he spent the last year in eastern europe in poland and lithuania wow. um while my other sister my other sister my other sister my other sibling uh-huh. morgan uh-huh. she spent almost the past two years in Indonesia, teaching English as a second language, you know, killing time on the yeah. beaches of Bali, so living her best life while I'm here selling Girl Scout cookies, yeah. working at eight to five. Uh-huh. Well, it takes a village. <laughs> it takes so, a village. Good for you. And okay, so you have a mom from Indonesia, mm-hmm. American dad, uh, and then a brother and a sister. That yes. sounds like the American dream. And then it's a happy little family. Yeah. So what else about Lexington? What what else what did you do? What were you interested in? What was oh, your upbringing like? Man. The good old days. Well, yeah, the good yeah. old days. So well, of course you know this, but for those of you who don't know, my mom is an immigrant. She moved to America with my dad when she was probably in her early to late thirties. Oh wow. She and we were all very small children. So. Were you all born in Indonesia? Uh, me and Morgan were born in Indonesia in two different cities. I was born in the city of Blitar. Um, and my younger brother was born in South Korea, uh, in Seoul. Um, but you know, my dad was quite older than my mom, like about 20 plus years. Oh, there's, wow. a, there's a large age gap. Um, you know, he's getting older and like we had these three little kids. So we're all about like three years apart. Um, so six being the max between Morgan and, mm-hmm. and Matthew. Yeah. So she came back, or she came out. She moved to the States with him. Um, 
And she came here not knowing a lick of English. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my dad spoke Indonesian fluently very well. Super intelligent guy. Uh, But And she was a stay-at-home mom my whole life. But he had passed away Mm -hmm. when I was in the third grade. So um, instead of going back to Indonesia, mom stuck around Lexington, Tennessee, so we could have an American, go to school in America Uh and live an American life because, well, she had three American children. So when all of us were born, we were, even though we were born in different countries, we were born as American citizens. Did you have dual citizenship? We didn't. No? Oh, wow. Yeah, they just did the birth certificates as Americans. Yes. So grew up in Lexington, um, which is not the most, the majority, how's the best way to describe hey, I don't know. It's, it's small it's town, <laughs> small town USA majority is obviously white Southern conservatives. Um, so my mom is Indonesian. If you're not familiar with Indonesian, they are sh- smaller brown people. Yeah. Um, however, me and my siblings do not look like that. We are fair like olive tone skin, uh-huh. tall, curvy features, <laughs> speaks perfect English. Um, yeah, so there wasn't that much to do in Lexington. So we kind of stood out <laughs> anywhere yeah. we went. You had, because literally we were like the minority group in like uh-huh. um, our school because we went to a small little county school in rural area. So yeah. that Lexington is very rural. That's probably yeah. the best way. Like the largest thing that I remember there is walmart oh yeah and the thing to do in high school was to hang out in the walmart parking lot i was not there because i was not cool enough mm-hmm. yeah or <laughs> country enough i wasn't country enough i didn't own a, anything camouflage really no nothing that is not surprising no yeah. cow- <laughs> no cowboy boots yeah no. it, me and my little mom jeans and like yeah like and, a graphic tee what is your t-shirt though? it actually makes no sense i got it from uniqlo which what is, is that? it's a Japanese store, oh. <laughs> Japanese, like urban street fashion. Uh-huh. Huh. I got it for $5. <laughs> nice. Good for you. It has a baby on it. That's what I'm trying to figure it out. It makes absolutely no sense. It's I, like an orange target. I think it was like a, with a baby in the middle. I think it was like an old artist, like flyer or something. Oh, but again, I bought it because it was $5 and I thought yeah. it looked cool and it's very <laughs> yeah. comfortable. It's very yeah. soft. Yeah. Well, good. Good for you. Yeah. That is not someone who hangs out in a Walmart. Parking lot <laughs> that t-shirt. is not the girl who hangs no, out in the Walmart. Not parking at lot. All. Also, well, I you. feel like I don't have the accent, like the, the Southern oh, no. drawl. Do you think I do? Oh no. Okay. Okay. I'm just making sure you're not thinking that everyone from the South is like, <laughs> no. Oh, y'all all have it. But I don't No, But I feel like, Everyone I know from Lex, I mean, no disrespect at all, but I feel like yeah. everyone from Lexington has a little bit of a twang or drawl. Uh-huh. I think mine only comes out after like a few glasses of wine. You yeah. Know? <laughs> or like when I'm really yeah. tired. Yeah. We will see next week <laughs> for sure. Okay. And so uh, we met in college. Several times, Several actually. different times. Several. And so you went to the University of Memphis. I did. For what? I studied anthropology. With a minor in international business. So okay. I went in, actually being from such a small town actually inspired me to study anthropology. Oh yeah? Yeah. We didn't really have much um, international culture. So I was kind of in the minority as a mm-hmm. mixed 
race person um, in elementary school and even throughout high school, which like mm-hmm. our high school is really small and you knew everybody. Um, so I just felt like it was very small. It It, it is home, mm-hmm. but I just knew I had to get out yeah. for my own purpose because I was like, I felt like there was just so much more than what I could get here. Or I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I wanted to seek out other opportunities and sure. the you know, the world has so much to offer. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's actually why I chose to study anthropology, which for those of you who don't know, it's in a nutshell, the study of people. You can study culture, languages, mm-hmm. like everything. Yeah. Uh, did you learn a lot studying anthropology? I did. I've always actually had an interest in people. Yeah. Like I think you know, when people are like, what are you passionate about? And in my head, I'm like, I'm passionate about people. Like I love yeah. learning about other people or genuinely getting to know a person. Like I don't think I can do surface level friendships or relationships. Like a person standing in line at me at Target. I'm like, they say hi, I say hi, then I'm like asking them, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's nice. Where'd you get that? Or Where'd like you get the, that cool t-shirt with the baby? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, like, and it's so crazy. I just love conversating with strangers. Mm-hmm. So. Good for you. And then you said international business as well. Yeah. And didn't you get to spend a little bit of time playing international business? I did, actually. So, and that's kind of why... I kept them both on like I uh-huh. couldn't really decide like anthropology was more of like the passion side and then international business was like mm, practicality yeah. or like at least something to kind of help on my resume yeah. or just other opportunities and I I always wanted to grow up being like I'm gonna just work on an international scale and be everywhere and anywhere you know mm-hmm. So I actually got to spend an entire summer in Shanghai, China. Um, throughout college, I actually took a little bit of, I took two two years of Mandarin classes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then after my junior year, what the summer of my, the summer after junior year, okay. which that was 2017, I went to Shanghai, China for the entire summer Wowza. doing an internship. Because, you know, next year I was graduating. I was like, I have no intern experience because I was one of those students who had to like work several jobs during Mm -hmm. school. And so I was like, oh, it's coming. It's like coming down to crunch time. I'm like, I have no experience whatsoever. And I always knew I wanted to go somewhere unique. So I was like, what's the farthest place that I can think of? And it was China. Oh, wow. Uh, Because I... Again, I took international business classes and I was mm-hmm. like, China just seems to keep popping up with all of this stuff. Like, I want to go. I want to see for myself. And I interned at this media company called. Oh, wow. And I'm, I know for a fact I'm butchering it because I'm American because uh-huh. they are originally a um, Swiss company. Oh, okay. And it's it looks like it would spell ringer, but it's pronounced like ringer um yeah yeah it yeah i butchered it all the sure time it is, they yeah. made sure to let me know i was the only american in the office uh, really well in my little department i did digital marketing uh-huh. and it was nice it came in handy being the only american really <laughs> yes okay. i was a native speaker okay and then the only because the media company they're 
target audience was expats. They oh, were like, yeah. you are our target audience, Western yeah. expats. So I got to be hands-on on a lot of the projects there. Mm-hmm. And how did you enjoy your time in Shanghai? Uh, oh, I loved good. it. Yeah, It was a wild time. Shanghai was just wild. If anyone could go, go. just go. Okay. It's a different kind of playground. What was your favorite thing about it? Oh, it was definitely the food. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love food. Um, it was just so different than like the Chinese food here. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. like, what is this? And you're like, you're going in for it. And it was just so cheap. Like uh-huh. it was so expensive to like buy the plane ticket, pay for the internship. But like once I got there, like the street food was shut. Well, just, Good. It was delicious and so cheap. Uh-huh. And I like still miss it. I remember when I first got back, I cried to my family about like these soup dumplings. Like they were just a delicacy, yeah. And it was just so hard to like find that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned a lot just about myself too, because, um, you know, I was I'm such a people person, big re- on relationships. So I missed all my friends, mm-hmm. and it was the summer before my senior year, and I was really close to and active in my sorority in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just. I had some really lonely times there. In Shanghai. Yes. Okay. Because it was just like a whole 12, like whole 12 hour difference. Like it would mm-hmm. be 8 a.m. in Shanghai, then be 8 p.m. in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I just missed everybody. And I was like, I saw all these photos. And, you know, in Shanghai, well, I'm not sure about now, but back then there was like a censorship yeah. on like, American social media and Google. And so I couldn't even really access like my Instagram, my Facebook and like my social media, which said just said a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I was struggling. Um, But I ended up just reading this book and I learned so much about myself. Um, Okay. What book was it? um, I know it's by Maya Angelou and it was like clouds in the rainbow or something. And it just talked all about her life and like just, statements that she's mm-hmm. made so i did a lot of self-discovery because i was like i think i came out a more independent mm-hmm. stronger smarter determined person nice. you know where i'm like i get to i could sit around in my room and cry or I could just like get out make some friends i can go adventure by myself and i think yeah. that was the biggest thing because i was so used to having people to do everything yeah. and anything with that, like just any convenient time. Yeah. So it was like the first time that I like was alone, alone and I just had to figure it out yeah. by myself. And yeah, that is tough as a, as a people person, yeah. you know, and I was like 21. So I, like, you yeah. know, that was my first time just being like fend for yourself or like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't follow the crowd. Yeah. Which I think that's kind of what, led me into my own independence. Yeah. So <laughs> as sad as that is, you, my learning you're, came you're later. a pretty independent woman. I could consider myself independent now. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. I like walk and talk, I guess, the independence. Mm-hmm. I don't just say I'm like, all right, I'm a woman of action now. You're 24 yeah. years old. You need to get your life together. That's right. Well, you you kind of have. You, I, got, you I just got yourself have. a new car. I got myself a new car. You got a I'm nice in, job. I have a I have a nice job. I enjoy it for the most part. 
you know the benefits <laughs> yeah it's nice it's definitely weird it feels weird like it feels mm-hmm. like oh i'm adulting mm-hmm. i just started my mba program there you go but you know even though it's like i have it looks like i have my life together on paper i feel like i'm just running around uh-huh. <laughs> on fire uh-huh. of like what am i doing <laughs> but again I'm in control of my own life. I made all these choices. Yeah. It just kind of feels like a juggling act. I think everyone feels that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because about everyone I talk to, they're they're the same where, you know, people say to me or I'll say to people you're talking like, oh, it always seems like the other person has it all figured out. And then you're like, oh, no, we're just taking it one day at a time over here, man. Oh, absolutely. Comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's hard to remember sometimes too, where you're like, we're not even running the same race. Yeah. Like that's my biggest thing. You know, like social media, you get like, I don't know what's the word for it. It's not imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is like, I know when you like are at work. FOMO. FOMO. Yeah. How could I forget FOMO? I know that too well. You just overcame it. looks like (laughs) we're still working through it for the most part. It's a, it, it has its ups and downs, you know? So you're a big social media gal. I, for the most part. Yes. Just just this year, actually, because of the pandemic, I actually turned off all my notifications and that's helped a lot with the social Mm -hmm. media FOMO. So it's like, I don't see it right when I get it. So it's like, if I post something, I'm not keeping up with how many likes or comments I'm getting. I'll just see when I see it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you watched uh, the social dilemma? Yes. And that just, I, I felt that I was like, yep, that's me. And that's kind of actually what uh, led me to turning off my notifications. No kidding. For all my social media, I don't get Facebook notifications, Instagram. I still get Snapchat. I, I'm working on it. It's where uh-huh. it you're weaning steps. off. I'm weaning yeah. off, and I'm too scared to turn my email notification oh. off. Oh, yeah, you're a professional woman. Now. I'm a professional woman. I'm a yeah. grad student. Yeah. <laughs> so I have like literally three different Insta or Instagrams. I have three different email accounts. Mm-hmm. Like my personal one, my work one and my school one mm-hmm. and i'm like they're they all run together Man. just no no one need me please don't email me but if you need me that's probably the quickest way to quickest get to me to, yeah get to you well man that is a that's a lot of of learning you're doing yeah i mean a lot of learning never, yourself you gotta learn every day that's right have you learned anything new today um <laughs> A little bit about myself. I don't know if I want to put myself on blast like that, but just because it's cattle call, I'm going to share oh, it because oh, we're going to learn something. It's called self-awareness. We're self-awareness. Getting, yeah. So actually, <laughs> I, I'm sure Morgan is in the mm. background just like, just looking down uh. like, mm. <laughs> yes. So I tend to be bossy um, to the people around me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Morgan's just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think any of us are surprised. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but literally, t- so Morgan, of course, is back in the U.S. and mm. she's been living back and forth. So she's staying with me um, this week. But sometimes I just get really overexcited, and like a mm-hmm. part of my job is literally planning things out. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I don't really consider the other person. Like today. Um, <laughs> 
I was like, Morgan, we're going to go eat lunch here. And she goes, okay, she, I've never been. I was like, oh, it has this and this. It'll be good. You'll like it. And then I kind of walked off and I was like, I tend to do this thing where I bulldoze people. I don't really give them the option, which if I was on the opposite end of that, I would not like that. You wouldn't like it, yeah. Yeah, so we were in the car and I was like, did you like it? And then I was kind of like, I'm sorry. I was like, I should have asked. I didn't even bother. I just said, you're getting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like get in we're we're going yeah. to go here like for lunch yeah. i was like i didn't even bother asking you i told you you would like it i didn't even ask because i don't know she's been gone for a year she has she could have different preferences this is true but i'm also learning that i tend to project um when i'm stressed or something on other people mm-hmm. that i really care about I'm sure all my roommates can attest to that as well. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can tell when you're in a bad mood and it's not even our fault. And it's like, I'm learning to deal with that stress. Yeah. Okay. How do you um, deal with stress? Um, well, in this instance, if it's something like work or school related, I literally go take a nice cry. <laughs> you cry? I, I cry. <laughs> Morgan's just laughing. Yeah. He's probably like, uh-huh. shut up. <laughs> just stop. That's not how you deal with it. I do cry sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. And sometimes I handle it better where I'm just like, okay, we're just going to work through this. Like I almost do mm-hmm. this thing where it's like I have to de-escalate myself because mm-hmm. in my head I will like just let things run of like, this is the worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. So in my head I'm like, okay, let's be realistic what's the worst possible thing that could happen today? And it's like, or not today, just in a situation. In a situation, like, right. if Maybe just say if I'm like, I feel like I'm running late on a deadline. I'm like, how impactful is this going to be? What, what can I do to change the situation? Mm-hmm. So like, I, you know, I kind of just deescalate where it's like, okay, I'll talk to my supervisor. But like, can we push this back? Or mm-hmm. something else is taking priority or something, you mm-hmm. know? And usually it always ends up fine. Yeah. You know, where it's like, but in my head, I have to like literally talk myself down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know for a fact, I'm not the only person. I have several friends who are like this too, who are just very hard on themselves. So it's like, if they don't, excuse me. Oh, you're fine. She's crying. <laughs> just the tears. I'm choked yeah. up. Um, no. What was I saying? Uh, but your friends, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not the only I tend to be really hard on myself. Like, mm-hmm. I think growing up, I was just like, I always wanted to like be the helper, be, like be the provider for like my family or mm-hmm. like my friend, you know. It's just like I put so much pressure on myself to take care of others who don't even ask. They're very, my family and friends are capable of taking care of yourselves. But mm-hmm. like in my head, I'm like, I love you so much. I want to do this. And then. Mm-hmm. It ends up putting more pressure on me that didn't need to be there. And then it just leads to me projecting on them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. that was not productive Mm -hmm. or helped anyone. Okay. So knowing what you know now, what kind of woman would you like to be in 10 years? What are you working towards? (laughs) That's a, that's a, that's a really great question. I don't even know what I'm working towards tomorrow. (laughs) I'm just kidding somewhat, <laughs> but yeah. I guess 10 years in my head and I'm big on manifesting as you, as I said earlier, Isaac Weston, 
Cattle Call podcast. It's going to meet Joe Rogan one day. Like, let's make this happen, you guys. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, like, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's make it happen. I mean, that's mm. a part of it. It's like manifesting it and like truly believing it. Because I think, um, okay, I guess in my head, I'm like, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of how far mm. I've come. And I know I can go further. And maybe that's why I'm so hard on myself. But like, because the timing may have not have been what I originally thought. Mm-hmm. But 10 years from now, I hope that I am in somewhat of a leadership position. I guess I'll be, I'll be 34. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be 34. That's okay, weird. That's weird. That's yeah. weird to say. Ooh, mid twenties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like almost out of here. Um, hopefully I will be thriving with my career, my mental and my spiritual health, physical health. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hopefully, I will be. Hopefully, I'll, I can eventually have children at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, have a great partner who actually wants to be a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess in my head, I'm like, I just want to be thriving and just okay and just mm-hmm. still comfortable with learning, you know, because I think that's always going to be important is like, I can never just know everything. And then each life is going to bring its own different phase, yeah, like its own challenges. Um, and just, yeah, that's good. But I guess we'll just wait and see. 